For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Another installment, if you will, of the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm Shane Told, and I talk to other lead singers every single week about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. And he's back, Mr. Patrick Miranda of Movements. They're back. He's back. They're also back with a brand new album, No Good Left to Give. If you liked their last album, you're going to love this one too. They evolved. They took some chances musically, lyrically. I love that they did that. They didn't play it safe. However, this record is just as solid, if not more solid, than their debut record, Feel Something. So check it out. And he's here, and he's great, and this is a great conversation that I actually just recorded moments ago. You know, usually with this thing, I've got a bunch in the queue, and sometimes, like, especially lately, because so many people have wanted to talk to me due to the COVID thing, sometimes it can even be like a month or two before I actually managed to get the episode out. But this one was recorded just moments ago. It's as fresh as it gets without being actually live, which I don't even know how I could even do that. So this is it. And I'm really excited for you to hear all about their new record and what's going on in Patrick's life. Before we get into that, I want to thank everybody who listened last week to the episode with Bonnie Fraser of Stand Atlantic, another great new band everyone needs to check out. The feedback was amazing on that one. And also, the new podcast on this feed called This Is The New Shit, where me and new music expert Mike Howell break down the new releases. And last week, the number one most anticipated was Machine Gun Kelly, That record is really, really making waves, both good and bad. I don't want to spill the beans on my thoughts. I'm going to go really, really in-depth on Friday about it. So make sure that you come back on the podcast feed and you listen to This Is The New Shit on Friday right here. It'll be just above this, wherever you clicked on whatever you listen to it on. And I've really been enjoying This every single week, talking about new bands, you know, new records, finding out what's coming out. Because for me, I don't know, like, I'm 39 now, and 
there's a lot going on in my life, you know? And sometimes I don't get a chance every single week to check out new records. So I love that this is forcing me to. And I'm sure there's so many people out there. They might love new music. They might even be set in their old ways and listen to the same records over and over again. Regardless, though, there's something here for you definitely just to know where to start. You know, okay, what's coming out? What should I check out? I like this kind of band, so what do I like? Because it's just so convoluted out there and so difficult. So shout out to my boy, Mike Howell. We will be back on Friday to talk about Machine Gun Kelly and, of course, all the other new records coming out. If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email syndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. And if you want to help with the show, if you've listened before, you know what I'm going to say. The All Access Club. It is what keeps this thing going every week for free. So if you're an avid listener or a new listener or you just want to throw me a bone for my hard work, check it out. The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for as little as $6 a month that gets you access to an incredible community of other fans of the show. We are like almost up to 500 people, which is absolutely incredible. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide. And of course, you get access to so much bonus content, bonus episodes and other stuff and I don't even like to tell you what it is because there's a lot of cool stuff and, you know, it's really, it's special. So check it out. $6 a month gets you in, gets you all the content. If you want to pay a little bit more, you can get some merchandise. We send out these pretty cool patches every three months that are only available in the club. And yeah, it really is what keeps the lights on around here. So the link again, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Oh, and also a big shout out to everybody who came out to see Silverstein play our very first drive-in show in Ancaster, Ontario. It was so much fun. Best day of 2020 by far. Well, at least in my mind, after what we've gone through for the last six months, there were some pretty good days before the pandemic hit as well. But regardless, it was just so nice to feel normal again to play a show, be on stage, rock out with my boys and all of the people in the crowd that were, they made me so proud because they were so into it and rocking out, but still socially distanced and being safe and following the rules. And I love the creativity, whether it's people standing up through their sunroof and rocking out or, or moshing in the back of a pickup truck. It was just so cool. I really hope we can do another one again. And if there's a drive-in show coming up anywhere, I highly recommend you check it out. Ours went absolutely amazing. I mean, we really put together something special, I think. But I know this can happen in other places. So if it happens, support them. Support them. And I want to give a big shout out again to everybody who came out. All my Canadian brothers and sisters. All right. Well, it's time. Let's get into it. Here it is, my conversation with Patrick Miranda of Movements. Yo, what's up, Shane? Yo, hey, Patrick, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. Sounds like you're good, working dude. in a factory or something right now. I hope oh, that's no, not the no. case. <laughs> no, no, it's just uh, vacuum cleaners. <laughs> I was going to say, COVID's hit some of us hard, but hopefully you're not back to factory work already. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just, uh, yeah, just hanging out at the house, roommates and whatnot. So, yeah, it is what it is. Definitely yeah. glad to not be working at a factory. I know some people have had to resort to uh, some real ass normal jobs, and I'm I'm thankful that I haven't had to do that yet. I know, right? But I read something that they posted. I think it was the Menzingers about you know basically having an existential crisis 
of yeah. what they're doing with their band because you know everything's changed, right? Like they just put out a record, you know, like a reimagining of their last one, you know, as something to do because right. they're like, you know, we we what we do is we put records and we go on tour. And now we can still make records, I guess, but the touring is gone. And for bands like them, and I assume for you guys, and definitely Silverstein, that's pretty much like 90% of the income. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's like the biggest thing for us too, is, you know, we make a bulk of our, of our, uh, you know, salary for the year just on touring and, and merch sales and, and that sort of thing, you know? And I wish that the music industry were in a position like it used to be where artists actually made money from just their music. Uh, but you know, the reality of the situation is like, artists like us depend so heavily on the touring and the shows and like, you know, we're never going to be like the post Malone's of the world who are just getting billions of streams and don't have to worry about any of that, you know? Like, so, so for us, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's been really rough. Um, and it has been like pretty, pretty scary. Just like, you know, the, the uncertainty of everything and not knowing when, things are going to go back to normal or if they're going to go back to normal and all that, you know, it's just, it's just been crazy, dude. I don't know. (laughs) It's very nerve wracking. I know. I know. Well, the main thing we're here to talk about is your new album, no good left to give, which dropped like a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago. This record is dude. It's awesome. I love it. And thank you so much. I appreciate that so much coming. Oh yeah. I mean, I loved your last album too. And, you know, I really turned heads, you know, because I, I feel like I knew about you guys. And, you know, we did like the, the Good Charlotte tour together in Canada right. and, you know, our Warp tour. And I was like, yeah, like this is a great band. Like I like I love watching them. But until I heard you guys, you know, put something down on paper, so to speak, with a record, like a real album, I was like, oh, like this is the band. This is what, <laughs> you know, because it's difficult, right, to always, you know, you know, you're at the mercy of whatever opening house sound guy is mixing you on that day or totally. Warp Tour on a side stage. And, and I love Warp Tour like it's my whole life. But, you know, not the sound isn't always great at 1130 in the morning when somebody's mixing you on a side stage. Right. So it wasn't until that record that I was like, oh, shit, like this is this is like maybe one of my favorite bands. Then with this album, it's like, wow, you guys actually, you know somehow elevated you know the things i loved about your band even more so i absolutely love this album patrick and uh i'm i'm glad i get to get to tell you you know uh uh yeah in in actual voice conversation it's nice yeah man absolutely well thank you so much dude i I do really appreciate that and yeah i mean i think i think you kind of hit the nail on the head i think that this is the first record where i feel like we um, hopefully you're going to start making sort of like a standout in our community. Not to say that feel something didn't do that. I mean, I think feel something definitely got eyes on our band and had people interested and excited. But to me, this album is like so much better than, than any of the stuff that we put out before. And, uh, yeah, yeah I hope that it, I hope that it's capable of like just propelling us into a new chapter and, and bringing us to, hopefully some new heights when things, you know, get back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole thing, right? I mean, you know, the first thing I want to ask you is when did you actually record this album? When were you supposed to put it out? I assume it got delayed. And at some point, you know, like, like all these things, and I'm not going to, to like, I'm just going to be a completely, you know, transparent, open book. Like, you know, our tour got shut down in March and we were like, okay, two months, we'll rebook it. We'll be back in two months. Everyone just thought that. And then when right. that didn't happen, everyone's like, okay, maybe another, well, let's say three months. I don't know. It's been two months. How about three? And like, you know, it was, it was really, really obviously stupid at the time to think, to you know, to underestimate this thing. Right. But at some point, I imagine with no good left to give, someone, either you guys or, or Fearless Records or whoever or management threw their hands up and said, let's just put the goddamn record out because it's been, we've, yeah. it's been recorded for a year. I don't know. When did you do it? Yeah. So, so we went into the studio. Um, it was a year ago, like right now, yeah. actually, like we, we were in the studio in, uh, late September through mid October yeah. of last year or wait. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. That's right. Oh, dude. No. What is time? What is time anymore? Dude, straight up. Yeah. Uh, but no, so it was like, it was quite literally like exactly a year ago. Um, and I mean, like, this is the thing is last year, uh, we were like, man, we've been touring so much the last five years. Like, and we don't really have, we haven't had time to like chill and like write and record this, record <laughs> yeah. this album. Yeah. And so we were like, all right, we'll take most of 2019 off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we played one tour uh, last spring, and that was the only tour that we played all all year. And uh, we were just like, "All right, like, cool. We're gonna spend the rest of the year, like, literally, you know, fucking seven or eight months worth of time, just like not touring and focusing on writing, and then like recording it and whatever." Yeah. Um. And and that's what we did with the expectation that okay 2020 as soon as the new year hits we're gonna drop the album we're gonna hit the ground running we're gonna like fucking you know have all these big tours lined up and everything um and so that was essentially the plan and then instead of dropping it like at the beginning of the new year we ended up pushing that idea to like all right we're gonna drop it in the springtime and then that was like the official plan it's like okay spring release uh hit the ground running with a tour we have sad summer lined up after sad summer we were going to do a bunch of international touring come back do some more u.s stuff like like we had this whole plan uh, and then none of it happened and so we were like fuck yeah um so when yeah when stuff <laughs> when stuff started getting gnarly we were like dude like when are we going to be able to put out this album because it was like okay we, we were kind of in the same boat we were like all right well Let's push back. Like maybe let's try for June when things have probably like calmed down. Everyone's saying it's going to be fine in the summer. Like, you know, we'll we'll push for a June release and hopefully we can still do sad summer. Right. That didn't happen. We were like, okay, maybe maybe like a July, August release. And then by that time we were just like, we need to fucking put this record out. Like it's been so long and, and people are dying for this new album. And for me, the longer that we sat and just like waited on it, the, I guess like I, the more stale it became in my opinion. Well, of course it's just your opinion, (laughs) but but that's still important. You know, like you're still the one, it's still your art. It's still, you want to be excited about it. You don't want to be like, Oh yeah, these are like, these are like five year old songs. And now we have other ones that are better, but we'll put this other album out. Right. Like that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Right. So, so we were just kind of like, fuck it. Like we're just going to put out the album and in the long run, maybe there will be some, some benefit that comes from that because, you know, you know how it is. Like when you're on tour and and you have a set that has a mixture of old songs and new songs, you know, uh, the, the new songs don't always get the best reaction because kids don't know them as well. And then (laughs) your old songs and then your old songs (laughs) get all the hype. Uh, and so we were like, well, maybe like if we, if we don't put out or if we don't play any shows on this tour, sorry, my dog is literally attacking me. No, right you're now. fine. You're fine. I'm like, I'm trying to focus, but she's like straight up going crazy. I was like, Copper. is he slurping Stop. into the phone? What is that Stop. sound? No, it's just my dog being a psychopath. All good. All good. Stop. Stop. Um, so we were like, we were like, yeah, like maybe that will kind of alleviate any sort of, um, like awkwardness it shows because no songs will be new songs anymore. Yeah. They'll all be old songs. Dude, that is, and, the, that is the like glass, glass, the most half full I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, totally. And, and that's the thing is like, I was just dying for any shred of positivity and right. that's the only thing I could come up right, with. Right. You know, there's yep. literally nothing else that I feel positive about this situation. No. And I guess like I, you know, with silver scene, we, we did our record, actually we recorded it just after you would have done yours we we wrapped up uh like halloween was our last day in the studio and we managed to get our record out on march 6th which well maybe (laughs) right like yeah we were able to like right right on that cusp right like right before shit hit the fan exactly right so we were able to have the lead up and the singles and you know and when we went on tour and we did 10 shows but like it was it was kind of horrible timing because literally we put out a record and no one's talking about 
any like no one's talking about anything except COVID. Like it was all or at that point we called it coronavirus. Right now we call it COVID-19 for some reason. But at that point, it was like, oh, March 6th. Well, like March 11th, the whole country, the whole world is shutting down. So um, music like what's that? Right. So, you know, you guys may have been better off waiting. It's definitely true. I mean, had we tried to put it out in spring before everything hit the fan, uh, I think you're right. I mean, what you're saying is probably like exactly what would have happened to us, too, is like, you know, you're trying to like be like, hey, everybody, there's this thing that's out. But then everyone else is like, oh, you haven't heard about this literal global thing that's killing people. (laughs) Like, I know. You know, so I know I I feel for you, man. I, I mean, that that absolutely sucks I and I, I i know it's just i feel like there's no there's no good time to be releasing music right now with everything that's going on especially the political climate i mean no. I, we were worried we were worried about that too because you know as it got closer and closer to the election we were like dude shit's just gonna start getting so gnarly here like you know i really hope that nothing insane happens like the day that we try and put this record out and you know we can't you, you know what i mean right. like just, some other fucking thing going on so i don't know it's just been it's been nuts dude it's been really fucking crazy absolutely you know and i'm yeah i'm looking at your dates looks like yeah it looks like your last show on tour was may 19th 2019 at the metro in chicago great venue yep yeah it was a it was a phenomenal show too and so i'm (laughs) glad that we ended on a high note and i guess technically we did play uh, we played some holiday shows, but they, it wasn't like a tour. It was yeah. just like a like some small headliners that we that we threw together at Chain just for fun. And at first, we weren't even sure if we wanted to do those. We were like, "Do we want to play these shows, or do we just want to wait until next year so there's like a like so that like no one has seen us for however long?" And then we were like, "Nah, fuck it, let's play the shows." Right. And now I'm really glad that we played those shows. No, because totally. none of us had any idea what was about to come. No, and you're throwing a bone to your, you know, your local fan base. You know, absolutely. And and Chain Reaction is a legendary place. I mean, if I mean, I don't want to say this, but you know, if things never get back to normal, at least completely, to say your last two shows ever were at Chain Reaction. That's, yeah, that's you know, true. That's man. not a bad way to go out, but I'm that's not saying that. That's absolutely true. I said true. it, but I didn't <laughs> say it, okay? I didn't right. say it. <laughs> well, dude, exactly. you know, you know, going back going back to you and, you know, your whole thing. I mean, you've been very 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 open with your own mental health issues, you know, and I think the last podcast we did, you were, you know, very open with me about it. And, you know, you've done lots of touring and, you know, I see, I feel like regardless of any issues you have, you know, for you, you get on a stage, you perform, you live the touring lifestyle. Now there's this huge 180, you know, it's kind of like what now? And for somebody that had to be, you know, you know, you had to adapt to all of that and get comfortable with that to do that and do that at a high level. Now it's like, okay, well now here, here you go, Patrick. Now it's about live streams or it's about whatever else, like something that Mm -hmm. with your mental health struggles, I imagine may be more difficult to kind of just kind of jump in with both feet. (laughs) I don't know if I'm way off base here, but like, I just imagine for you, it could be more difficult. Totally. I mean, yeah, I think that, um, I think the biggest thing with all of this, maybe not necessarily uh, the live stream aspect or anything, because truthfully, I think that doing like the live stream stuff is actually like way less nerve wracking or like way less like difficult to to, I guess, um, adapt to. Okay. Because like when, when we were touring, right, like adapting to the touring lifestyle from having not been like part of the touring lifestyle for, you know, however long, like as we were kind of transitioning into that realm of this world, like like, that was really difficult on me because I was like, I mean, a, I wasn't medicated at the time. B I had never done anything like this. So like my (laughs) fucking anxiety and my nerves were like through the roof. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that sort of like classic stuff. And then just obviously dealing with depression on a day to day basis and trying to navigate through all that. Um, 
you know, I think that was more of like the the jarring transition yeah. than this current situation is. Uh, because truthfully, with live streaming, it's kind of like it's kind of like it's not even real in a way. <laughs> like it's it almost feels like band practice, you know. And, and like I uh, we did a, a little live stream on on release day, and I didn't even have like a a screen in front of me to like show me like what people were saying in the chat or like, right. uh, you know, how many viewers we had. Like I was just kind of in the dark for the whole time. And I was like, this is weird. Cause I think I, I feel like I'm just talking to myself, you know, like right. I don't think I'm actually talking to anybody right now. Um, so, <laughs> so like there's like that aspect of it where it actually feels a little bit easier to do, you know? Um, yeah. But I think, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing about all of this is just like being stagnant. You know, not having anything to like look forward to or to do because we can't do anything like just like the the constant like waiting and, and the constant uncertainty yeah. and the constant just like, you know, it seems like every day there's something new that we hear about that's just like more crushing than the last day. And like <laughs> that to me has has been what's weighed on me the most throughout this entire situation. It's just like I feel like my mental health did take a significant downturn, um, maybe not so much recently. Uh, I feel like I, my mood has has come up a bit. But earlier in, in yeah. lockdown, you know, the first few months uh, into maybe even like the third or the fourth month, um, I was definitely like really like in a getting into sort of like a dark place just you know just with not knowing what's going to happen and especially with the financial uncertainty of it all you know i was like i don't know if i'm going to be able to continue living in my apartment in los angeles i might need to move back in with my parents you know like i was i was just going through all of these different scenarios in my head that were all that all seems to just be the worst case you know um and uh yeah, it took it took a minute to get over all of that. Um, but I think that I'm on the up and up now. I think that things are I mean, they, they feel like they're starting to turn around in in some ways. Um, I don't know if that's maybe just the fact that people are like fucking over it and, yeah. and, and we're just going to say screw it. Or if it right. means that there's actually some some positivity to to uh, be you know rejoicing about. But I, I think as far as I've seen in California, our numbers have improved so i guess that's reason to be um somewhat happy i'm not sure though right no i think it's just after a while you know human beings are adaptable you know and yeah after a while it's like well this is the new reality you know and (laughs) i think people just tend to start kind of just saying okay well this is this is what i do now and maybe yeah this is life now you can kind of see some of the you know, at least for for me and seemingly you, you know, being positive, you know, that's I think that yeah. that's just the way that's the only answer. Right. Is to get through it, you know, totally. Um, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Of course, like, you know, back to the record, there's a lot of doom and gloom (laughs) on the album, which (laughs) is funny because it was written pre-pandemic. Oh, um, totally. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be a movements record without that. That's very true. But I do really enjoy some of the lyrics that are a little outside the movements box. Um, sure. For example, Skin to Skin seemingly mm. is about sex. That's fun. It is. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the first song I've ever written about sex. It was definitely new for me. And I was super fucking nervous about it because I am like not like the type of person to like i don't know like you know you know the saying people who are like horny on the timeline because like they just post about shit on twitter that's just like all right like you're you're being horny like stop right that is that is not me (laughs) 
ever. <laughs> no, no, it's and not. So, and, and this is like the ultimate horny on the timeline song for me because I'm just like, <laughs> fuck, like this is this is unlike anything I've ever written. So, uh, yeah, I was super nervous about putting it out, but it's also my favorite song on the album. It's my favorite, too. Um, how many Enrique Iglesias albums do you own? Any? <laughs> Zero, but I do love Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't know why I threw that in. No, um, no, it's, it's probably I mean, every, my. I feel like every single one of his songs are about sex, so it makes sense. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I always thought with with Enrique, like when he came out, and I, you're a lot younger than me, but you may still remember. Right. You know, it was like the I can be your hero, baby, and he's like oh, yeah. he's in the videos and he's like crying, like you know, <laughs> like he's so sad and he's been hurt so bad, and you're like. Oh my God! What, what did they do to you, Enrique? Then like he puts out that song that like tonight I'm fucking you, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> dude! Right. It just took a very aggressive turn. Yeah, like, straight up. That's man, hilarious. Like the hunted became the hunter. There, man. I was like, yeah. I don't know, dude. This like, is this okay to say this? So um, straight up. I don't think that's in your future, though. I don't think you're no, you're going to go so. full. I don't think I'll ever be that vulgar. <laughs> Right. But no, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Right. And, you know, it's your second album. And I don't know. If, I don't know how much you've listened to this podcast, but anytime a band is writing a second album or puts one out or put one out in the past, whether it was good or bad, you know, we talk about it because it's right. such a pivotal moment in a band's career. And totally to, to deny it or or even downplay it. It's it's kind of fake because every band thinks about it. Every band feels that pressure. And I guarantee you, knowing you, you probably did too. You know, so when you start to, you know, branch out a little bit, you know, whether it's uh, sonically or, or in your case, you know, lyrically, there's always a fear, right? Of are people going right. to like this? Are people going to hate this? Are we going to like all of a sudden, you know, are people going to stop coming to our shows? Am I going to offend somebody? All these things probably went through your mind. So walk me through that. Walk me through that approach. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right. You know, there there was an extreme amount of pressure on us in order to like, I guess there was an there's an extreme amount of pressure just on us to like outdo what we've done in the past. Right. Like in, in order to like continue to grow we obviously wanted to change and like and and i guess sort of evolve into a newer version of what movements is um but at the same time it's like we did have to consider the fact that okay our our last album did extremely well Mm -hmm. and we we did well because people liked you know what we had to offer and what we brought to the table so how do we still bring those same elements to the table while like trying to explore different realms sonically or, or uh, lyrically or whatever it might be, you know? Um, And it was, it was super nerve wracking, man. Uh, Like it is such an important record. I think your, your second record as a band, especially in this genre can, can really make or break your career, you know? Um, And I've seen bands that on their second record kind of flop. And then when they try and come back with a third record, they're like, you know, they're just not really hype anymore. There's someone else yeah. who's come and taken their place. And yeah. um, that's definitely something that we didn't want to end up happening to us on this record. And so far, it seems like the reception of the album has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, so I, I have a good feeling that that won't happen to us on this album. But um, yeah, when we were when we were writing it, we were just kind of like, all right, well, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to write what we want to write. And if people don't like it, then fuck it. But mm-hmm. um you know, it, yeah, it was it was nerve wracking. I was nervous about what I was going to say and 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 how I was going to do it. I think there was a, there was a certain amount of like fear too. You know, just like, am I even capable of writing songs as good as I wrote in the past? You know, have I have I literally? And this is kind of like you know one of the themes on the album. I mean, do I literally have anything left to give, or right. or is this just going to be something where I realize that I'm actually not really cut out for this, uh, and, and I can't do it, you know? And those are all, those are all things that have just gone through my mind. Of course. And, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Of course. I mean, you're human. I Sorry, I was just laughing because I was thinking of like, sorry, kids, no good lyrics left to give. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> no. It's um, funny, too. Like I saw I saw a hate comment the other day, which right. is hilarious. I love I love laughing at the hate comments. I think they're the it's like one of the highlights of my day. Um, but uh, I saw a hate comment the other day that was like ironic album title because they really didn't have anything good or, or some <laughs> sure. some fucking some shit along those lines and i thought it was hilarious dude i was like yes thank you <laughs> i know well that's the approach you have to take you know i think so many artists uh you know when they're younger or when they first you know have people talking about them on the internet you know and they go on to like youtube or something and it's like you have to develop that thick skin quick. Like you totally. have to learn to laugh at it. You have to learn to take that, take take joy in it. Because if you don't, I just don't know how you would. You'd have to either ignore it or you would just be like, yeah. It would and be I feel hard. like that was that was the thing in the past for me. Is like it used to bother me, you know. Yeah. And I would like I would get like really like bummed out about it. And, and nowadays I'm just like it literally does not matter what anyone says about you on the internet it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like people are still going to come to your shows. The kids who like you are still going to support you. Like it doesn't fucking matter. And half the kids who are talking shit are just talking shit because they're either jealous or they're just trolls or oh, yeah. they, you know, they, they, there's any number of things, but I was just like, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to fucking do my thing. And, Truthfully, I mean, we write the music that we write because we like it. And if no one else likes it, that's fine. I still wrote an album that I enjoy, you know? Absolutely. No. I read that you cut six or seven songs from the yeah. album. I always love to ask bands about this, you know, because mm -hmm. like... I remember growing up and reading magazines and someone will be, you know, say something like, we wrote 50 songs for this record. And it's like, okay, well then how come out of the 12, like, like eight of them suck, you know, yeah. like what, how bad <laughs> totally. were the other, uh, you know, 38 songs or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, right. so I always wonder, you know, and of course now as I've gotten more into, you know, understanding the process and stuff, I realize that when someone says they wrote, 50 songs they had like 50 demos some of them might have just been a guitar riff you know exactly. and people want to say that's a song so when I hear you had six or seven songs that got cut you know but I remember you talking about how some of them were like happier songs and stuff I kind of wonder if they're complete enough that you would you know consider revisiting them or sharing them <laughs> yeah. in any way especially now that this record's been successful you know I think that we would consider revisiting a few of them for sure. Um, so this is the thing. When we wrote Feel Something, we went into the studio with only like eight or nine songs written. Um, so that, so we were doing a lot of writing in the studio. Like we had songs that we had to write from scratch in the studio, um, which was fine. But it also took up some valuable, you know, like production time. Yeah. Um, this record, we wrote like so many fucking songs. Like, I think we had like 18 songs, like, and I'm not talking like some of them were just guitarists, like 18 fully written songs. Like every single one of them had two verses, a chorus. Oh, wow. And maybe, maybe one or two of them didn't have like a bridge or something. But like, for the most part, they all had, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Like, so we had like the bulk of like these songs written and there was like straight up, like almost 20 of them. Um, but when we got into the studio, you know, we sat down with Will Yip, uh, our producer the first day and, and we kind of just listened through every single song and we were just like, all right, like which ones do we feel the strongest about? And it, it's not even to say that any of the songs that we had written were necessarily bad. You know, I think that any of the songs that we had cut, still could have worked on this album in some way. Yep. Um, and I would have been proud to have any of the songs that we cut on this album, but it was more so a matter of like, okay, sonically what songs are already accomplishing what another song accomplishes yeah. better. Right. So like if there was another kind of more like upbeat, like more groovy song, but it wasn't as good as skin to skin, what's the point of putting it on the record? Because Skin to Skin already accomplishes the same totally. feeling that that song accomplishes. So we were like, all right, cool. So that's one eliminated. Okay, this song's kind of dark. 
and like slow and like vibey and like we already have a song that accomplishes that that's better cool cut it so that was like the the um the vibe that we went through as far as like kind of narrowing down and trimming the fat from from the album and um yeah i mean i still really like a lot of the songs that we cut and it's something that i definitely think that we could revisit in the future um but we'd probably end up maybe like rewriting some instruments and and tweaking things just to again you know uh progress that sound because we never want to be the band that puts out the same record twice you know if there's songs on the next album that feel like they're just no good left to give part two i would be disappointed you know Um, absolutely well yeah so yeah no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, with the pandemic and with, you know, you guys sitting around and stuff, you know, it could, it could make sense to do like a deluxe edition and No Good Left to Give sure. or throw up, throw up like a, you know, another EP or something, right? Like, right. And it, I think that is something that that's something that we actually have talked about because of the, I don't know, six or seven, however many songs we cut, um, two of them were cut after we actually like recorded them. Like, so two songs, I think we, I mean, yeah, we we recorded 14 tracks total at the studio uh, and there's only 12 on the record. And and so the two, two songs that we uh, didn't put on the record are like straight up, like ready to go They're They're like real things uh, that we could release at any time. And I think we have talked about potentially doing like a, like a, like a B side six inch type thing or seven inch type thing. Um, that has like the two new songs or like, sorry, not new, new, but like the two cut songs. And then like the other side would be like two, excuse me, two like demos or like maybe reimagined versions of songs on the album. We totally have thought about doing something like that. Um, but we've also just been like, fuck it. Maybe we should just write a new album while we can't do anything else. (laughs) Maybe by the time we start touring again, we'll have two albums to tour on. I know. I know. Right. I know. Well, before we talk about that, and I do want to kind of get into what you guys are planning now, but, you know, one of the quotes that I pulled, you know, from your press release was that you you said this was natural for us. And I really like that because I think it's really important for artists to, to like be their own influence, you know, and when they're making a new album, say, okay, like what, where am I at? You know, where is our music taking us rather than where do we want to take our music? You know, and I think that that can be so dangerous when artists say and you hear it all the time, like especially in tabloidy, you know, magazines like Kerrang or something, you know, they'll ask somebody like, oh, you're going to put a new record, most anticipated record this year. Like, what's it going to sound like? And someone's like, oh, it's going to be the heaviest record we've ever written or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, if you set out to write the heaviest record, you know, you've ever written, maybe it'll be heavy, but maybe it'll also be garbage. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like if you, yeah. if you take that approach. So I really like that, that you, not only did you take that approach, but you, you said that, you know, because that's not that sexy to just say, oh yeah, we just, <laughs> we just, did what was in our hearts and we made a record like there's not really a story there but right. i feel like that's important for you guys as a band as a as a unit to progress um you know but also the but but the other side of the coin too is you don't want you said just said you never want to make the same record twice so yeah were that were those two sides pulling at you at all i mean i think in a way yeah like um there was definitely like a significant amount of like writing demos and stuff and then kind of like maybe scrapping them or like rethinking them because we were like, you know, this sounds too feel something like it sounds, it sounds too similar to something we already have. Right. Um, and so, yeah, as we were, as we were writing the record, we were just like, fuck thinking about the fact that, you know, we need to follow up this album, like fuck thinking about that, fuck thinking about, what we want our music to sound like based on other artists, fuck like any of this nonsense that literally does not matter. We're going to write what comes naturally to us. And we didn't, obviously like we, we have, we, we, uh, you know, we, we gain influence and, and, and yeah. inspiration from the artists around us and the artists that we listen to, but we're never going to be like, Hmm, I really want to write a record that sounds like 
you know, to find the great line by under oath. Like <laughs> we're never going to, we're never going to specifically pick out like a, a, a time, a, a point in time that a band was at and be like, I want to sound like that. You right. know, like we're always going to just be like, all right, cool. What is movements going to sound like next? We don't know. Great. Let's just fucking go with it. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> I yeah, I think, vocal, I think most of, I don't know if your vocal cords could ha- I don't know if your vocal cords could handle to find the great line era under oath, but uh, uh, oh, totally, I'd no, love to hear absolutely it. not. It would be <laughs> fucking dope, but no, totally. And, and I mean, I use that as like an example. What what I really mean is just like literally, we're never gonna like look at a band that we like and think, hmm, let's sound like that. You know, we're absolutely. always going to we'll we'll draw inspiration from that, and I think that there is a uh, an under oath in, influence on our, you know, our new record, but, um, maybe not in the way that anyone would really ever recognize. And and I think that's cool. You know, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Um, because I don't want our music to be something where you could listen to it and say, Oh wow, this sounds just like fucking whoever. Like I want it to be like, Oh wow. I've, I don't really know if I know any other bands that sound like this. That's cool. You know, exactly. or at least no other bands that sound exactly like that. I'm sure there's bands who sound similar. We're never going to be completely original, but I mean, <laughs> we're going to try, you know? No, no, for sure. So what's next? I mean, you know, obviously you expect to put a record out and go on the road and spend the better part of a year and a half or whatever on the road, then record, write and record a new record and do it all over again. Obviously, right. that standard thing every band does is completely different now. Yeah. You mentioned the Twitch live stream that you did. Um, you know, I only imagine you guys probably have something more in the works. I don't know if you can talk yeah. about it or what um, the plan is to kind of unveil these songs and promote this album. Yeah, I don't know how much I can say about it right now, but I think what I can say is that we do have, we are planning on doing another sort of live stream concert thing. Um, I don't have a date really yet. Uh, I don't, I don't even really know um, what it's going to really look like as of right now. Um, But we are planning on doing like a full band, like, Cause like the Twitch live stream was cool, but it was like kind of stripped down. Like yeah. we didn't really like play the songs, how they're recorded. We, we played them in sort of almost an acoustic version. Yeah. Um, and we want to do a real live stream. That's like full band. Every song is how, how it sounds on the, the album. We're in an actual venue. Maybe we even do something where, you know, 10 fans or something can enter to win and, and come watch the show or something. If everyone's socially distant or whatever, you know, yep. we, we we're trying to think of fun, creative ways that we can still be engaging with our, with our fan base and, and doing something special, something different. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I would, I would hope that this is something that we can continue to do. We've talked about um, potentially doing, so the main has like um, they they do like a monthly subscription type thing yep. where they have like a like a like a whole subscriber base and then each month they have like really cool like exclusive content that they're that only their uh, subscribers can can access which I think is such a fucking cool idea um, because there is so much stuff that we have that's like either just unreleased demos or or you know artwork that. Now- ever got put on merch that could be like exclusive for the subscribers or whatever, you know, like there's all these different lanes that we've kind of like talked about doing. Um, but as of right now, nothing is totally solidified. Um, but I think, you know, as if there's fans listening, you know, over the next three weeks to a month, maybe keep an eye out because I'm sure we'll start to put together some more, uh, some more solid plans and end up, you know, having something cool, um, for you guys in the future. Awesome. Um, No, that's, that's a perfectly, perfectly good response. It is hard to know what to do, you know, and it's hard to, to know when, if ever things are going to get back to normal slash what is the new normal, you know, that's all so tough too. I understand you've been spending a lot of time on Twitch. Is that true? Um, yeah, we, we, we stream on Twitch, um, probably less than we should. Uh, during the beginning of the pandemic, we were doing like almost weekly Twitch streams where we would just go on and kind of fuck around and 
like play random games and just talk to people and I don't know, just have like a, just like fun little hangouts and stuff. Um, I think that we should be utilizing it a little bit more because we haven't really done it recently other than the live stream on release day. Um, but yeah, I think that that's something that we will probably start doing again. Um, you know, cause we do like, we all play video games and stuff and we figure why not be on stream and also like play and like hang out with like fans and whatever. So, um, yeah, we have a Twitch channel, but so far it's been slightly inactive. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And I just, you know, there's all these new lanes of, of opportunity that I, I always totally. like to ask people and, you know, help promote too, you know, um, if I can. Absolutely. Well, Patrick, man, what else to tell the people? Dude, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> wear a fucking, wear a fucking mask. Don't, don't go to restaurants, uh, please help us get back to normal soon. <laughs> that's yeah. all I have. I don't know. No, that's, Fucking be responsible. You it's know? good. Yeah. I think it's a good thing to tell people. I mean, yeah. you know, we are up here in Canada. We've kind of hit our second wave. I think kind of the yeah. same way that the States did like maybe uh, two months ago or something when the numbers started to spike. Sure. That's kind of where we're at now. And, you know, right. everyone's wondering about, oh, do we have to close stuff again? You know, what do we do? So, you know, I think, I don't think this is, we're going to be out of the woods anytime soon, which is sad. But, uh, but Silverstein, totally. we, we did play a drive, a drive-in show last weekend. Nice, dude. And How that was that super, oh, dude, it was so great. And, you know, we, awesome. we um, first of all, it felt, like things were normal again, you know, Good. we were all backstage in this like little, little trailer and, you know, you know, the, the five of us were together and our crew and everything like, and there was a stage and everything like that all felt normal, which was just really, really like a beautiful thing. And something I think we all needed at this point, you know, like everything just from even having like a veggie tray uh in the dressing room you know like those like totally, little things yeah. that that it's the little things man yeah and then when we actually got up there and we played you know and and for us everything was normal we're on stage playing and people were so respectful you know everybody stayed in or on top of their cars and you know we had a really great crowd and it was really really exciting but i don't know i mean i assume in southern california Someone must be doing drive-in shows. I'd highly recommend, you know, you guys maybe try to check out if you can do something like that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I would definitely be interested in doing it for sure. Um, for for a while, I was, and I guess in some ways, I still kind of do feel like I kind of hate the idea of like a show where kids can't like be like like have that show experience right they can't be in the pit they can't like be feeling the energy of right. like the show like in my mind sometimes i think about it and i'm like man that sucks but then at the same time i'm like but like kids really want to go to a show right now and i'm sure that they'd be fine with a drive-in show so like maybe we should do one yeah it was better in that respect than i thought it was going to be because yeah. you know my first feeling like the first thing I'm thinking about is like, okay, everyone's sitting in their car looking through their windshield. Like we had a PA and we had an FM radio transmission. So you could cool. kind of choose, Fuck yeah. but That's cool. you know, we had, we had beautiful weather, which, you know, in end of September up here in Canada, you never really know. Uh, sure. We had beautiful weather, but it was, I, I really didn't feel a disconnect or like the people didn't feel an energy because, you know, people are, are standing up through their sunroofs. People rented like U-Haul trucks and were st like sitting in the back of U-Haul trucks. And, oh, nice. Like, That's like, sick. People were super creative about how they were doing it and socially distancing. Yeah. And, you know, I even saw like, <laughs> like two dudes like moshing in the back of their pickup truck. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, like they're in each other's bubble, I guess. So, you know, Dude, as long I as, love that. As long as people are respectful about okay this is you know my group of four and that's your group of four right. and we can yell back and forth you know like we can you know like there's a little bit of that too going on in, within the crowd sure. just from a distance and right. when we put it all together and we had the lights and we had the big screens and we had you know all that stuff happening I think everybody was just excited to experience live music not through their computer or phone or iPad and totally and it was like yeah I'm I'm telling you you about it I mean, I mean obviously a lot of people are listening to this I think any bands that are considering doing it 
should do it because it was really really fun and you know um, that's good man yeah. yeah that that actually that makes me feel way better about it hearing it hearing it from your perspective you know and and not just like someone who's like oh like you guys should do a driving concert but from someone who's actually done it and and had a, a positive experience that yeah. makes me feel a lot better about yeah. it so maybe maybe that is something we'll have to consider yeah yeah i don't know all good but hey it's a great new record no good left to give everyone should go listen to it right now what are you waiting for Stop this. Go listen to it. And maybe the lo- Losing My Religion doing? cover, too. I, I love the Losing My Religion cover. I always wanted to dude, tell you thank that. thank you. Hell yeah, dude. I, I I appreciate that very much. It's definitely a song that we were, like, nervous about because it's, like, that original is, like, unbeatable. So we wanted to make sure we did it justice. You know, I think that we did a pretty good you job. You know when you listen to a song and there's a moment in it where you get like you know the chills, like your ha- your hairs on your arms stand up a little bit. Yeah, that song, the REM version. There's like a chord change and a melody that every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, like I had so that I just, I just feel. Yeah, pardon the pun. I feel something every time that <laughs> happens. Like honestly, in the original, and I always yeah, love that song, even though I couldn't really put my finger on why. So totally. I was nervous about your version because I was like, okay, is it going to work? Like, what are the qualities right. that of that song in the original recording that make me have like a physical reaction to this song? And is it going to be the same when a different band is covering it with a different voice and a different timbre of voice and a different, you know, uh, uh, fucking maybe key? Like everything could be different. And it still did it. The first time I heard it, I was like, there it is. Like, I guess Fuck it's that yeah, melody dude. and that chord change or whatever it is that, that is having that reaction. So I absolutely dude, that's loved, loved your version. Thank you so much, Shane. I really, really appreciate that, dude. For real. I'm really tooting your horn a lot today, aren't I? <laughs> I'm not sucking hey, up. I really, do, I really do like what you do, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, dude. For real. Well, All right, dude, thank I'm, you so much. I'm going to play thank a song. For- Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I, go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. I was just, I was just thanking you for fucking listening to the record and stuff. It's always, it's always nice to hear uh, your feedback and stuff. And stuff. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Just, I appreciate it a lot, man. Absolutely. Well, I'm gonna play the sexy jam from the new record, Skin to Skin. <laughs> Here it is Sick. on Lead Singer Syndrome. Thank you, Patrick. Hey, thank you so much, Shane. I appreciate it, man. Am I out? 
there is new music from Movements, Skin to Skin, No Good Left to Give is the album. It is out now. I want to thank Patrick so much for coming on the show and talking to me, and I hope he's doing okay, because, man, it just is tough, you know, especially a band like theirs. I didn't mention this to him, but, you know, they put out this so like incredible debut album and everything is going so well for the band and they're on the up and up and up and everyone's finding out about them and they're selling out all their shows and then finally they're like okay we'll take a little bit of a break and then now it's a very long break and uh it just pains me because uh it's just so hard you know but god i love this record and i hope you do too check it out next week i'll be back with another episode And after that, another episode, and after that, another episode. So hit the subscribe button. Check out the All Access Club. If you have the means, I highly recommend it. So choice. And that's about it. I can't resist, though. I have to leave you with another tune. I have to do it. This album is just too good. This is one of my favorites on the album. It's called Santiago Peak. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. I'll see you next week.